Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hennessy Performance Podcast, episode zero zero two. Today is July thirty first. We welcome you to another great episode. Uh, with me, I've got John Hennessy, Rylan Hennessy, Cole Hennessy, and our producer Kenzie Delatore. Hello, yes, Mister Mia- Mister V eight Miata Thrasher. Ooh, we're gonna talk about that chick car with power. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of V8 Miatas, didn't you uh, just do some rallycross in that thing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Tearing up some where, dirt. Where was that? Near Austin, okay. near Lockhart at uh, Brienne Corn Raceway. So they have like an autocross set up in like a dirt field somewhere? Yeah, it's a flat land. Um, it's not rally like people think jumping and trees around you. So when you lose control, it's safe. But it's a cone course, about a minute long. And you get just yahoos that have cars. And do they put on like special like knobby tires to do this? Or do, what are what what do they do? Yeah, a lot of them run rally tires, or they run winter tires. Um, you can run street tires at that course because, I mean, it's not as not as grippy, but it's pretty hard pan dirt underneath the loose dirt. So how'd y- how'd y'all do? We did good. We had a lot of fun. So cool. That's ten runs. Did you, so where do where do where do you end up in the whole, like, does anybody keep in track of like who's who's the fastest or? Oh yeah, I was like, last. Okay, well, but you're having the most, <laughs> but you're having the most fun. Yeah, we saw the videos. We saw the videos yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, it was first time out, and anytime you do uh, competitive autocross or rallycross, the the classes are are very like those guys are out there racing all the time. So it's seat time more than it is a specific car that you. So have. for our listeners that don't know this, so Kinsey built his what year's your Miata? 1990. It's a classic. With uh, with uh, is that the f- that's the first year, right? That's when they came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you put an LS1 with an LS2 LS1, cam. LS1, LS6. Uh, big what did that thing make to the w- wheels? 383 to the wheel. That's ridiculous. It weighs, what, 2,000 pounds? 2,200. Wow. 50-50. It just sounds nasty, too. And with a big old rooster tail of dirt. I <laughs> hope you have put a GoPro on that thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. I want to see the video. And and the rattle trapness adds to the awesomeness because well, there's no door Well, panels, like your kids are riding and, and Angela's your so wife's raw. driving. You know, big old smiles in your face. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. It's so one of the fun. most raw vehicles I've ever ridden in. So I'll have to be honest. I, I still want to drive it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do it. Cool. What, um, like the fastest car out there, what, what, what kind of car was running? Some rally guy out there? Kim Block Jr.? I think the, the fastest time was uh, an all-wheel drive modified, which modified class is basically any performance mods possible. So okay. it was like a Subaru with, right. with all kinds of power on it wow. and just gutted out lightweight. Awesome. That's cool. We'll have to get. We'll have to learn more about that. We'll have to do it. Maybe we could do it out here. Yeah. On the back, you know, hundred acres we got over here. Absolutely. Out here in wonderful Seeley, Texas. <laughs> All right. What are we talking about today, sports fans? What about you two? <laughs> Y'all having a good time? You have to talk into the microphone, you know. Um. Yeah. I'll talk into the microphone. <laughs> okay. So Cole's going to whisper in your ear. Whisper into your ear that you can't hear. Okay. So, right. so John, actually, today you took delivery of your 2019 ZR1. Well, it's the company. It's the it's the Hennessy company. The company yeah, 2019 which, anyway, ZR1. Beautiful white with the carbon fiber, and um, I saw it at the we 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 ordered it and took well we we purchased it through Matic Chevrolet, which is a ginormous, huge Chevrolet dealer just outside, just west of Detroit. I think they're in Dearborn. Um, anyway, um, there are places like going to a mall and it's, you know, they've got a hundred Corvettes indoors. Anyway, I first saw it there and then, uh, yeah, I just showed up today and we're going to look forward to, uh, doing what we do, giving it more horsepower. See how mm-hmm. fast it'll go. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely love the color competition seats. Can't go wrong there. Yeah. 
what do you think value over time is going to be with those things? Like kind of uh, looking back at the C6. I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> I just want to make it go fast. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, if you look at the last uh, C6 ZR1, those cars were 100 to 120 grand new, and depending on options, and now they're going for, you know, 60 to 80 grand. So uh, we're just going to just drive the crap out of it. That's what we're going to do and give it a bunch of horsepower. You know? Yeah, a 10-year gap between the C6 and C7 one A lot of different uh Well, let's talk about Well, we haven't driven this car. We haven't since the showroom. It's been raining today, so we haven't driven it. But we will, and we'll go out. And what we typically like to do before we modify a car, we Top would like run. to... Well, of course. <laughs> in Mexico. Uh, in Mexico. <laughs> um, I, I, I just renewed my passport, so I'm good to go, right? There's a good story yeah. there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Big J, your passport's expired. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Big J is the affectionate name that my wife and kids call me. Um, Usually the top speed run comes from driving from the dealership. Right. We only do that on a a private test track. In Mexico. Well, Well, we we drive straight to Mexico. We have one in Mexico (laughs) and one in the U.S. But anyway. um, Where were we? Anyway, um, so we haven't driven the car yet, but we like to test the stock car extensively so we know what, you know, the 0 to 60, 0 to 100, quarter mile, ET speed, 60 foot, Half mile, one mile, top speed, zero to 150. We like lots and lots of data, and we use our, our V-Box, uh, various uh, you know, systems that you work with GPS, and they've got time, speed, and distance, and you know, same stuff that the magazines and the, uh, the, uh, all the major magazines and the manufacturers use for testing their data. So we're going we're gonna to data geek it. We're going to get it on the dyno, probably going on the dyno in the morning, and go nuts with it, and then that way we've got a baseline to compare it to once we start modifying. So, what do y'all think? It's going to be sweet. I'm going to drive the crap out of it. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's what Ryland's car is for. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> the Magnum. The Magnum. The, 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 the Hammer Wagon Jr. I noticed it has a crack in the back bumper already. Yeah, how'd that happen? Uh, shout out to David Hebrink. Oh, did <laughs> David do out. that? Yeah. Really? How? He told you. What? Oh, he backed it up in the driveway? Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll take that out of his check. Well, yeah. he's <laughs> one of our he interns. Told, he told you about this. I don't I don't remember those things. Oh, my Sorry. gosh. <laughs> those things. Those small details, right? <laughs> yeah, those details. I've been busy. Uh-huh. Okay. I got a lot of cars to build over here. Anyway. All right. So, we, so let's, we're on the subject of the ZR1. Let's talk about C6 ZR1 versus C7 ZR1. Now, we don't have a reference point. With the new car, we haven't driven it. We've seen all these different people on YouTube and otherwise and read some of the tests. But I know, Alex, you're quite the ZR1 C6 aficionado. What do you think? Yeah, I like ZR1s a lot. I like Vets. Uh, the C6, to me, was one of the ultimate purest cars. It Agreed. only came Agreed. in a manual. Agreed. The C7 ZR1, I still think, stays true to that for the most part. You can get it in auto, which, we'll of see. course, is faster. Right. Uh, but to me, it's not as purist, quote. Um, the looks are fantastic. The interior... On the new car? On the new car, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I agree. It, it's really aggressive. I kind of wish that the interior had a little bit more of ZR1-ish trim. Like, I wish it, it, it let you... R- it reminded you more often well, that you're the car- in a ZR1. It's got the carbon fiber steering wheel. It's got the competition it, seats. It has that, but the competition seats are the same as the Z06 competition oh, seats. Oh, I see what you're saying. Et cetera. And I kind of wish I would be reminded more often, like, hey, you're in a ZR1. So besides looking at the hood, the hood's right. really cool. Right. Um, yeah. You know what I, the GM guys call that blower, right? What? The, the big-ass blower. <laughs> 
And it was in some article I read. That's funny. You know, you got the Mark Royce and the head engineers and the guys that are building it. They just like internally in the company, they called it the, the BAB, the big ass blower, which is what it is. It looks cool. Yeah. For sure. It makes some power. Um, my, my two cents while we're talking about zero ones, the C601. See, we're known for, like, you guys know this, but, and I'm sure some of the listeners know this, a lot probably don't. We, we've been known to build some fast vipers, and we built a lot of fast vipers back in the 90s and 2000s. So that's kind of what we, so like the Corvette was the nemesis of the Viper, okay? But I had kind of an epiphany back maybe when the Gen 3 Viper came out, which I thought was a step in the wrong direction from a design standpoint for the Viper, because the Gen 2 I thought was just like the, you know, the GTS with the very voluptuous lines and mm. the 96 blue with white stripe. Anyway, so when this, when the, when the Gen 3 Viper came out in 2003 and it was more angular, I just, you know, we still did a lot of Vipers, but I thought, okay, I'm just, I'm not as excited about the Viper at that point in time. So one of the executives that ran uh, Chrysler back in the early 90s and mid-90s was a guy named Bob Lutz. Bob's a huge car guy, fighter pilot, really kind of, you know, been there, done that. You know, one of the one of the true life, world's most interesting men. Anyway, so Bob was definitely a strong influence for one of the reasons why the Viper existed. We left Chrysler. He went and ran a battery company for a few years. Then he ended up at GM. So this is back in the... 2007 2008 and so back then the, the internet i guess there were some blogs and stuff back then that were talking about the blue you ever heard about the blue devil zero yeah. one yep okay so the guy that was the ceo of gm before they went into bankruptcy back in whenever it was 0708 was a guy named rick wagner rick was a a duke alumni uh, so i think that they the mm-hmm. maybe his engineers or he he nicknamed the car blue devil for his alma mater the Duke Blue Devils. Nice. And so so we're hearing rumors of this Blue Devils ZR1 Corvette. And at that time, we're still doing a lot of Vipers. You know, we're out here and we're building, you know, you go out in the shop and there's 25 cars out there. Probably 15 of them are Vipers and then there's, you know, everything else. And so I thought, you know, Lutz, when he was at Chrysler, I mean, he was all about, I mean, not only did they build the Viper, but they went to Le Mans. They won their class at Le Mans. They did all kinds of racing. Bob's a hardcore I'll t- I get a good story about Bob Lutz. I can tell later another time. Remind me. But anyway, Bob's a serious car guy. He's as serious as they come. And so, and he's a top-level executive at, you know, was it Chrysler? And then he moved on to GM. And I thought, you know, Bob is at GM now. I don't know what he's doing over there, but he w- he's there for a reason. I w- I'll bet that at some point his fingerprints will start ending up on cars. And so when I heard rumors of Blue Devils, the Air One Corvette, and then all of a sudden... You know, spy photos of the V2 Cadillac CTSV supercharged running around the Nürburgring. I thought, you know, we do a lot of Vipers, but maybe we ought to pay attention to what GM's got coming down the pipeline because the Bob Lutz is over there. And if he has a say, which he did, he's the number two guy, they were going to really up their ante performance-wise. Because at that point, prior to the prior to the C6 ZR1, they had the Z06, which was killer. Which really, killer. Which legendary. Really, just legendary because the LS7 engine... And that C6 Z06, it really put the kibosh in the Viper. It was faster. It was less expensive. It sounded better. It was more practical. It was NA. It was NA. So it's, well, so was the Viper. But if our, as far as if somebody's shopping between a Viper and a C... Back, so back in 2005, if somebody's shopping Viper or C6 Z06, if they drove both, it'd be like, 
man, the Z06 is just an amazing car back then. It was the hype was real, but it was a, a huge value. So that was already out there. So, but before that car, GM really didn't have squat performance-wise. You know, the yeah. I, I thought the I thought the C5 Z06 was a cool car, but it didn't beat. It wasn't faster than the Viper. It's fun to drive, but it wasn't faster. And so I thought, man, I think these guys are really uh, going to up the ante performance-wise. And then I think it was an 08, both the zero one and the and the the V two V the the it was a two thousand nine. They're both two thousand nines. So this is late oh eight. And again, this is kind of around the time of the whole, you know, market implosion of bankruptcy and all that kind of stuff. But I'm like, we need to get these vehicles. So I went and bought both actually a guy who worked for me bought a CTSV and I went and bought a yellow C six zero one. And to drive both of those cars and begin modifying them and see what they were capable of, I was totally sold and in love. At that point in time, Nobody did we modify GM? Yeah, we did a few, but people knew us as the Viper guys. People knew Hennessy as, you know, the Hemi guys or the guys that were doing working on, you know, back the WK1 Jeeps. We had a turbo Jeep with 600 horsepower. We do like 3.3 seconds, zero to 60. So that was that was like our bread and butter. The Ram SRT trucks with the Viper motor, that was our bread and butter. But I was so enthralled with the sound, the performance of these new high-performance sports cars and sedans coming out of GM. Again, think realizing that Lutz had something to do with it, we went out and bought this. We bought them. We started modifying them. We put the stuff out on YouTube. I think this is – I don't think Facebook wasn't a big deal. Instagram went around yet. But we started putting stuff on YouTube and putting it on our website and advertising. People started buying it. you know. And, and since then, we've modified – many many hundred ctsvs maybe over a thousand ctsvs in the last 10 years and a lot of c6s a lot of c7s but of all the vi- and back to kind of land this plane get it back to the zr1 that c601 the sound the performance the manual shifting it was a light car it wasn't as light as the z06 the z06 was like three thousand pounds or close to that the uh the zr1 with the supercharger was a little heavier like 3100 pounds well now like the c7 one's like We'll scale it, but I think it's like thirty. It's like six hundred pounds heavier, thirty-seven hundred pounds. So that was that. That was um, that was a special car, and um, I'm sure the new one's badass. But I, th- uh, I think that car is really what catapulted GM into kind of the phase that they're in right now, which is like very performance focused. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, you're right, and I think that you know the bankruptcy back then maybe kind of you know when the when the Gen Five Camaro came out. You know, I heard there's some guys that I know work at GM that kind of delayed some of these cars and even put a delay on the mid-engine Corvette. So I think some of the stuff that we're seeing now might have come out earlier or the stuff that we've seen in the last few years might have been out earlier, but I think the, the bankruptcy delayed some of that stuff. But just just walking around and looking at the, the, the new ZR1, the carbon fiber work is, I mean, what, how would you guys describe it? I mean, it's beautiful. It's Talking everywhere. Talking the microphone. It's yeah. everywhere and yeah. it's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, what do you think if you, that was parked next to like a GT2 RS Porsche? Well, we and Alex were actually just talking about this. We were trying to decide whether the the ZR1, this new ZR1, is classified as a like a high end sports car or a supercar. Yeah, that's a good. That's a debatable question. I th- still Super think it's car. a car. Nah. And see, that's what we said. We said it's a nah. high end sports car. I think Sorry, it's Alex. I think it's front engine rear drive. I still the, say the C six zero one at the time was defined as a supercar. By who? By everybody. By yeah. Al- <laughs> by Alex Royce. <laughs> okay. 
All right, look, everybody's got. Everybody's, I mean, the terms evolve all the everybody's time. Everybody's got a rear end. Everybody's got an opinion. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We can we can we can you know uh, politely disagree. But anyway, I I, I I think yeah, supercar that maybe even hypercar anymore is kind of some of those terms are worn out. While we're talking about that, one of the things I do want to get into, I have my own little list here. You got a list there, just stuff to talk about. Hey, Kenzie, yeah, you, keep, you can laugh on the mic. It's all good. <laughs> I know I hijack these shows. I mean, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> the John Hennessy show. Yeah, yeah right. That's exactly. why Brought to you by John Hennessy. <laughs> that's why when you don't see me around the office, I'm just trying to give you guys some space so I don't just like come in here and dominate what everybody does. But anyway. We say something and he's just like, and then just the keeps hammer. going. Yeah. Hey, it's good. I like it's what good. you did there. Um, let's do that different. When you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Kenzie. Yeah. Hey, Kenzie, thanks for working 30 hours on that video. Let's just throw it all out the window and re-edit it. <laughs> How many times have I done that to you? Anyway, um, I'm learning in my old age. Um, I do want to talk about Pebble Beach. We'll, we'll have a huge presence at Pebble Beach in a few weeks. Um, but I think kind of a good lead into that is this whole distinction. You know, you talk about, well, is it a, is it a sports car or is it a supercar? Is it a supercar or is it a hypercar? Um, I think Pebble Beach... It, it's basically it's on par with Geneva. Maybe maybe it's even got a notch up on Geneva. And you guys were you guys were we were all together at Geneva. You saw all the hardware that was there. Pebble Beach, I think, it's outside. It's beautiful. It's Monterey, Carmel, California. Um, it's cool, interesting people. It's old cars. It's new cars. But we're on the subject of supercars and hypercars. I think we're going to see some amazing stuff out there uh, in a few weeks and um, I'm looking forward to it I mean what do you guys think I think one of the best parts about being there and I haven't been there in like I don't know three years but mm -hmm. one of the best parts like when we went the um, we La went Ferrari just came out the yeah. P1 just came out in the 918 and they were like on the streets driving around yeah and I was like whoa that is so cool so yeah. just to, to think that we might see a Senna driving around or you might see yeah, that's true. Different, different than yeah. a car show. Yeah, you'll for sure see. You'll for sure see some. Yeah, sadness. and they're they're you know they drive up and they park and they go get dinner or whatever and like you see them moving around and it's like whoa that's so cool, I think at least. Yeah, I it's agree. It's super unique and like the rolling concours, like all the cars drive in together and it's all these old amazing beautiful cars, and it's just like wow, it's like it's something you've never really experienced. I think that well, that's true. You're if you're at Geneva, if you're at some. You know, indoor auto show it's like that. a lot that. of looking. And like you said the other day, unless you're Chris Singh, where you, you know, you drive your Koenigsegg into the middle of the show, <laughs> everything's just sitting still. So it's just like you see all these cool, pretty cars, but they're not running and they're not driving. Yeah. Yeah. And so to see it like a Pagani BC or something like driving down the road, that's a sight to see for sure and to hear. Right. Yeah, so I think it's, it's, a, it's a Mecca. It's a place not only where people in America, but even people from outside the U.S. will come to the event. Yep. And it, the the weather, the venue, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, look, it, you know, the the guys that own these cars, they they enjoy sharing them to some degree. They want to show them off, right? Yep. I've got a pretty wife, I've got a pretty girlfriend, I've got a fancy watch, I'm rich, and blah blah blah, whatever. And look, in that world, that's just part of what some people do. Some people are very private about it, don't care. Uh, some people just want to drive them, but some people, a lot of people, want to show off. And so, um, I think it's it's amazing people watching. It's amazing car watching, and. Um, the weather's great. You got great roads. Do you guys know that the you know so the P Highway One Pacific Coast Highway, there was a landslide last year that like came across the road and closed the road like right before the weekend. I think it just opened or just getting ready to open. So hopefully we can go 
Good timing. We'll bring a, f- a few GoPros. We'll go drive drive some. We'll have some cool cars out there and go drive them. And yeah, you know, kind of in between our various events. But the thing I want to talk about is I think that there's going to be some pretty cool cars that are unveiled there. Have you guys heard of the the Bugatti made an announcement maybe a week ago? The Bugatti Devo. Oh yeah, I heard about that. And they're they where they name their cars are based on some of the famous racing drivers they had back in the 1920s and 30s and. Anyway, when I, like you know, thirty thirty something years ago, Devo when I was growing up, when I was y'all's age, was a band was like a punk well not punk rock band, but they wore these weird hats and <laughs> sang weird songs like Whip It Whip It Good. Anyway, <laughs> so when I heard the Devo, yeah man, that was a band. I loved that band back in the day. It's like Dead yeah. Mouse, pretty much. <laughs> They're speaking of car guys. Yeah, yeah. Joel might be out there. Dead He's Mouse. a car guy. He's a car guy. Um. What else about Pebble Beach? So uh, I think Bugatti is going to unveil that at the Quail. Um, I think Lamborghini may have something special unveil at Quail. You think uh, they'll have their record-breaking car? What's oh, there you go, the SVJ. The, yeah. the basically, the it's their SV, so their tuned-up, latest tuned-up version of the um, Aventador, their V12. And the J, I think, like Lamborghini, like a lot of their their big V12, their badass, super, true supercars. Um, they named them after like bulls. So back, uh, so like I guess the founder of Lamborghini just thought bullfighting and mean nasty bulls is a cool way to name cars, which I totally agree with. Um, J stands for, I think it's Hota. And maybe that was the name of a big <laughs> nasty bull. If I'm wrong about that. I'm sure we'll get, That's cool. we'll get reamed on social media, but I don't care. Yeah. And we're just, we're, we're freewheeling here. We're rolling, right? We don't have time to look up these facts on the internet. We just want to talk yeah, about we'll it. We'll just make it up as we go. Exactly. So um, the Lambo SVJ will be there in all mm-hmm. its glory. The pictures that they've shown, the video they showed, it had the, had the camo wrap on it when it went around the Nürburgring. So that would yep. be cool. Um, it came out, I think I saw Motor Authority earlier, that Audi has some sort of a electric or hybrid. Maybe it's an electric car, electric supercar, hypercar that they'll be unveiling there and there's probably a lot of other cool hardware, Mercedes. Yeah, you know, they'll have that. I'm sure they'll have the Valkyrie. The and Valkyrie, the Project One should be there. Yeah. I would imagine. Last year at the Quail, which, by the way, if you're listening, if you've never done the whole Monterey weekend, it's it's an amazing deal. But if you go, you, you, the Quail, I think, is the is the best event in the entire yeah, weekend. Their tickets so. are limited. Um, the food's great. The cars are great. The people's great. The weather's great. Um, that's that's my favorite event. Um, but anyway, so if you're going to go to the event, there's basically it's kind of starts on Wednesday. So a guy named Gordon McCall has a real cool party at the uh, at the Jet Center called the McCall's Motorworks Revival. That's an awesome show. So we'll be there. We'll have the Venom F5 on display along with our Velociraptor six by six. And then Thursday, you got the Rolling Concours, which mm-hmm. is awesome for anybody in the area. You just show up. Just you don't have to up. pay. You yeah. can go to Ocean Avenue, the main drag there in Carmel, um, all the cars that are going to be at Pebble Beach and the big concours, the big Super Bowl of car shows on Sunday, they get extra points if they go on a, they go on like a little rally drive. So you see these amazing, you know, 250 Testarossa Ferraris. You see guys yeah. driving 40, 50 million dollar cars, just kind of like hanging out yeah. in Carmel and you yeah. just go up and see it and touch it. Don't touch it though. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I wouldn't want you to touch my $40 million car if I had one. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'd probably get a little freaky. One. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and so that's Thursday. Then Friday is the Quail. Um, and then Saturday, well, Laguna Seca, the historic racing is going on the whole time. But Saturday is kind of a good day to do that. The um, 
course, uh, Concorso Italiano, which is the big Italian event. They, they keep moving the dates back and forth between Friday and Saturday, so I don't know when that is. That's a cool event. If you like Italian cars, definitely not un- don't miss it. But then Saturday, the new big event that's again, anybody can go to is the Exotics on Cannery Row. Oh, that's a that's Sponsored a thing. by Michelin, who's building our F5 300-mile-an-hour tires. Um, so we told the Michelin guys that we would we would bring F5 and also I think we'll bring the 6x6 to that as well. Um, cool. And then we've got the F5 will be on the concept car lawn in front of the lodge at Pebble on Sunday. So we're busy. I mean, it sounds like we're going to have a blast, but we're going to be working long days. Oh, up yeah. early and go bed late and have a lot of fun, but long yeah, days. Yeah, long, those long dinners. Yeah. Four-hour dinners. Yeah, Gosh. You know, you gotta <laughs> got to spend time with your customers and your, yeah. and your, and your friends and... We'll be having dinner with our Shell Pinsel friends. Uh, that's important. They're important to us. Shout Thank out to you. Vinny for all his hard work. I'm sure. Vinny. So I was going. Actually, I've got Vinny here on my on my agenda. So Vinny, we keep trying to well, Vinny who helps manage our events and does a lot of things for us. He lives in Florida. We're here in Texas. We're trying to like, we're trying to get like a petition or a campaign to get him to move, <laughs> which I don't think he wants to do. He lives in Tampa. Lives by the beach. He loves where he lives. So anyway. But we're going to have Vinny on the show. And Vinny's really, Vinny's very talkative and has lots of information and lots of opinions. And uh, so, Vinny, if you're listening, we're just, you know, we'll kick Cole and Rylan out and we'll put you right over here. We're waiting, <laughs> Vinny. We're waiting. Yeah. We, uh, w- me and Vinny did, uh, we were on with Matt Farrell on the Smoking Tire Podcast, which I want to give Matt a quick shout out because, I don't know, several, well, several years, a couple years ago, I don't know why I had this dumb idea to do a podcast, but I guess people are interested in what we have to say, so we'll we'll do that as long as there's an audience and uh and I like to talk, you know. Uh-huh. I like to hear myself talk, so. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, I'll get this done. I'll let you guys get a word in edgewise. I want to give a shout out to Matt because I emailed Matt and I said, "Matt, we're thinking about maybe doing a podcast. Do you have like any recommendations for equipment or best practices?" Matt sent me a very detailed list of equipment you need to get shout engine boom 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 and i'm like wow thank you so much and then i did nothing with it for like you know over two years and so when we finally got together i said kenzie go ahead and pull the trigger get the equipment let's let's try this i just forwarded you matt's email and yeah a week later 10 days later here's all this equipment we're doing it very useful list of stuff and it all works really good right out of the box thank you matt thank you matt uh, yeah i mean i always enjoy being on with matt and have a good time with matt and his car reviews on youtube are awesome so anyway all right boys what else what else has we got well after uh driving some cars with apple carplay i kind of wanted to talk about what everybody actually thinks about apple carplay Nice. <laughs> Next topic. All right. <laughs> hey, I love Apple. Sorry, I'm Alex. Like we love you. Some of my best friends work at Apple, and they know who they are. They might be listening. Is there a market for the V6 Raptor Ranger? No, we're going to talk about CarPlay. We're going to talk about CarPlay. <laughs> Don't let that go. No, you just snored about it. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is butthurt. <laughs> so bad. Alex is thinking, so, right, why so don't so I right, so I got a lot to say. I got a lot of words to get out. My wife's always like, God, honey, you always got so many words to get out at work, but when you get home, you don't have anything to say. I'm like, <laughs> I use them all at work. You use them all on the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> I had to yell at Kinsey all I day. tell you what, depending on the car, I'm just trying to charge my phone. 
And all of a sudden, uh, text messengers are coming through and talking to me. And like, where'd my music go? And I'm like, I just, I don't know. Maybe I don't have the settings right or whatever. To sometimes, I, and again, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm, in, I'm old. I know, well, that, yeah, but I, but I know enough about technology to be dangerous, you know, when it comes to like all the stuff that you guys know about, pod, not podcasts, but CarPlay. And uh, I'm like, if I want to like navigate, I'll just do it on my phone. If I want to do something, I'll just do it on my phone. So anyway, I think sometimes it's annoying, but I think also in certain cars when it doesn't like, you know, take over the whole vehicle, it's cool. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Alex, <laughs> I like Apple CarPlay. <laughs> I think uh, I think it makes your phone a little bit more useful. You're able to get all your data just showing on the screen in the car. I don't have an Apple, so Apple CarPlay. What does it do? Is it turn it into a car version? Like it's yeah, like it, the ones it, the cars that have the, 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 the screen. Basically, mm-hmm. your messages, all the stuff on the screen of your yeah. phone are on that screen. Music, inside your maps, and your demon, or your yeah, your trackhawk, or whatever the car is. Gotcha. Yeah, I've seen. It even does Some notifications like if your car's out of gas, it'll send you a text like saying, hey, here's the near- nearest gas station. Like not a text, but like a message on the screen. It's kind of cool. But Will it, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> Will it make the car faster? <laughs> no. No. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, the uh, Raptor Ranger. uh there's a there's an article titled Ford Exec doesn't believe there's a market for the V6 Ranger Raptor in the U.S. What That's do you a think? Total tease. That's their. So anything, anytime. Is a, it coming? Any, anytime. I'm not talking about Ford. I'm just talking about anytime a manufacturer like says something, think the opposite. <laughs> you know, are you guys going to build that really cool car? No, we can't talk about it this time. That means yes, they're going to build the car. You know, if they say, yeah, we're thinking about building the car, it means nope, it's not coming. You know, so I don't know. I mean, I think the Ranger Raptor. <laughs> That's totally badass. Is there a market for a $50,000 small performance truck? I mean, Chevy's already been doing it with their little small Chevy, did. Chevy doing, truck. Doing is great so with those expensive things. with the Z71. Oh, yeah, yeah, really yeah. expensive. I want to say it's 65000 fully loaded out. For yeah. a small truck. For a small Colorado. Ford would sell the it. crap out of those things so they know it. I think I think they're, you know, they're t- are they just for right-hand drive markets? Or they're like, they're built overseas. I don't know where they're built. Sorry. I thought I saw a Raptor Ranger that had a diesel in it overseas. Yeah, that's right. That looks pretty cool. I, I got to imagine they'll bring it over here to the U.S., but who knows? I mean, I think it would do very well. I wish we had more diesel small trucks here Yeah. in the U.S. Well, they're good the, you, know, you get the diesel now in the 1500, so it's I think it's, it's, it's coming. I mean, I think there's also the whole emissions consideration with you know, diesels are great because they get great mileage, and then all of a sudden, well, now they pollute. Well, okay. Well, duh. What do you think of that black stuff coming out of the exhaust pipe? <laughs> <is? laughs> you know? Rolling coal, baby. Yeah. Which, by the way, if we're going to talk about diesels, so we have a 2014 Ford F-150 truck that we use for work and towing our trailer and stuff. 250. 250. It's a great truck. It's got the 6.7 power stroke. What I got to tell you, putting that stupid DEF oh. load in there, oh my God. that is the nastiest Very thing. Very sticky. It's so gross. And so, like, you go to, you know, you go to Bucky's, you go to the gas station, you go to Riley's, wherever, to get that DEF, diesel exhaust fluid or whatever they call it. It's so, they're so rinky-dink, and it comes with this crappy little nozzle, okay? So you pay, I don't know, five or ten bucks for this gallon worth of crap, and you got to pour <laughs> it in there. And I guess they spray it in there to make the, the, the you know, the, the soot less, okay? So it's, it's a emissions thing, which I'm all for clean air. Um, but... 
Go that gr- rinky dink, green. that rinky dink, that rinky dink hose thing. So like you're pouring this thing in there, and all of a sudden it's like dripping fluid all over the place. You get all over your hands. I'm like, one time I did that on my truck. I'm like, I had to go home and take a shower. It was like, it's like I got dipped in kerosene or something. It was nasty. Anyway, so yeah. well, I think what they should do is have it like built into the pump itself, like the diesel pump. I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think if the you know Shell wanted to do that, or it's okay, I think they get more money do you have out to put of buying the buckets. Do you have so. to put this in with every tank? I don't uh, it depends on how much I think how much you're like drive the vehicle the hard, but probably every five hundred mi- every five hundred thousand miles. At, at Bucky's, I'm pretty sure they have it in the uh, in a in a hose. Oh, really? Because they, they have a sign on like the the roof saying DEF. Oh, I need to look for that. On one side, yeah. Well, there okay, you go. so you can you can get out of a pump. That's nice <laughs> yeah. because just buying it out of the buying it out of the bucket and having to pour that in there, it's like, oh yeah, I just spent, you know, some of these some of these really bad to the bone Ford F four fifties or whatever, they're like a hundred grand. Yeah. So you can buy a hundred, spend spend a hundred grand for a truck and have to pour this crap in your, you know, in your in your deal every you know month or two months, and you get it on your shoes and you get it on your hands. It's nasty. So anyway. I'm all for diesels. Do we? People ask us all the time. Do we modify diesels? We haven't, but we we may offer some diesel stuff. I don't think. I mean, this sounds weird coming from me. I I think diesel trucks they have so much torque from the factory, they don't need a lot of performance. Now maybe you could do wheels and tires and bumpers and lights and and we could do some cool cool off road stuff. But those things are fast, you know. And nobody's buying a diesel truck to go out and win a race necessarily. Some do. Some guys modify the crap out of them and get. You know, 3,000 foot pounds and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. But that's not our bag, baby. baby. Yeah. Speaking of Ford, GT500. GT500. I'm really curious. What do we know about the GT500? I think it's going to be supercharged. It's got to be faster than the. the it's you think it's going to be the Voodoo? Um, I hear both. I, I think it's probably a cross plane crank and not a flat plane like in the 350R. Um, we obviously modify a lot of those and. People love those cars. Um, maybe it's a 10-speed. Maybe it's a dual clutch. Maybe it's a hybrid. Maybe it's all-wheel yeah. drive. Maybe it's all-wheel drive. We <laughs> found, the, yeah, we found <laughs> the splines in the G. When we got our GT350 a couple of years ago, we found like the the splines were threaded, so like uh-huh. you could put a CV or a half shaft in the front the front axle. So I think Ford's got some cool stuff coming. Do they throw down all their cards in the GT500? But I think it's clear, you know, the GT500 has to come out and be faster than the Hellcat. Now, so you go, we'll go from the Hellcat to the Red Eye. So you go from 707 horsepower to 797 horsepower. And you got the Demon out there. You know, so I think it's Ford trying to beat it in a drag race. I think Ford wants to be, you know, competitive on the street with that car. You know? right, so the 350R was obviously very track-heavy focused. Is the GT500, do you think it's going to be all-around focused? Or is it going to have some sort of specificity? I, I'm guessing it's more... It's more well-rounded, like like the uh, Zeal one is. Okay. It'll stop yeah. and turn. It'll go to road course. Fun to drive in the street. Um, Are they know. trying to compete with the ZR1 or the ZL1 more so? What do you um, think? I, you know, I know the four guys pretty good. I think their instincts are really good. I think I think for the Mustang, I think they they just kind of play their own game. Is the Camaro is a Camaro competitor? Sure. I mean, but. I think that they know just some people will buy the Mustang because it's the Mustang. It's like it's truly an American icon in terms of you know, cars, brand. And uh, we just, you know, we we can talk about our new, our 10,000th. We can get into the 10,000th. I think you know, that news will be out oh when yeah. we talk about this. But um, what do you think? 
Well, when you guys see the pictures of this 10,000th Mustang, it is uh, pretty gnarly. It's probably the best 2018-looking Mustang I've ever seen. Probably the best ever. Yeah, yeah I was going to say ever. It's the best ever. In my opinion, it's the... And again, I'm biased, but... Biased, yeah. I'm not a huge Mustang guy, but this makes me want to buy a Mustang. Yeah. On In all honesty. like yeah. The 25th is. anniversary one was like really, really good, Agreed. but like... Yeah. This so is like a next have, step, So when I we think. had our company's 25th anniversary, the black one, mm-hmm. yeah. the silver. Yeah. 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 So with the carbon fiber and the wheels and lowered and supercharged, a bunch of horsepower, 800 horsepower. Yeah. So Kinsey gets the credit for that one. Yeah. Univer- <laughs> University of Houston, red and white. Go Come on. Yeah. Baby. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Limited to 19 Do they units? still have a football team? <laughs> Cougar High does. Yes, okay. All right. <laughs> so when we were, we were, so we had a meeting... I don't know, a couple months ago, maybe it wasn't that long ago, and we were pr- wanting to promote the new Mustang, which, the you know, they've gone to the, they've changed the engine up, it's more powerful, it's got it's direct injected and fuel injected, and um, we were coming out with kind of a new series of upgrades, and then you came into the meeting and said, we were looking at, looking at some different renderings and stuff, I'm like, nah, I don't like those, but what can we really, what's something really cool that we can do, and you said, well, we've got the new 4 gt coming with the heritage edition uh, yeah we're sitting livery. in the, sitting Did the we sh- have it yet yeah we sitting just in the got showroom. it we're sitting in the showroom yeah we're just looking at it every day and we're like why don't we just match it up why don't we do the stripes and everything and so yeah. it's got the number one on it and uh and dude when you said those words awesome. i'm like that's freaking brilliant because i could all of a sudden envision take the new 2018 or 2019 mustang and you know have the number one on the door and the hood and you know we work with our graphics team to come up with a really neat package and it's such a classic beautiful livery on the 4gt and it really is so gorgeous and mm-hmm. it's just, you can't go wrong with it putting it on just about any car yeah and so yeah it just goes great with the mustang so if you're listening to the show you probably you know the, the news again it's going out tomorrow but by the time this podcast comes out um it'll already be out there so you can go to our website and our social media and you'll see pictures of our you know i didn't want to call it heritage edition because that's a special name that ford came up with for you know what they're doing with the 4gt so they did it they did it last year with the black, with the black 4G, the gold wheels. No, they did it two years ago. And then last year they came out with the red and white to commemorate the 67 win that Gern, Dan Gurney and AJ Foyt won at Le Mans. And then I'm assuming, we'll go out to Pebble Beach here in a few weeks, I'm assuming we may see the golf livery. Orange you know. and blue, baby. Ooh, well, yeah, it's that dominant, yeah. It's that light baby blue with the orange. Yeah. That's going to be nice. Yeah. yeah, seriously. I saw some pictures on, on uh, Instagram. It looks sick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some people have wrapped theirs like that on the new GTs. So we call our special edition Mustang. The kid, what we're talking about here is basically we, we wanted a special car to commemorate our 10,000th modified Hennessy modified vehicle. So since 1991, including cars that have come into the shop as well as mail order. We don't, we don't do any mail order. We do a little bit of mail order, but not much mail order now. But in the past, for Vipers and Camaros, we did Velociraptors. Raptors, we did a lot that we modified 10,000 vehicles, and we wanted – a special vehicle to kind of commemorate that. And so that was that. And I thought, okay, when we kind of visualize this car, especially once we saw it, I'm like, that's absolutely the car. So we're only doing 19 for 2019. And um, yeah, exciting. Get yours today. They sell out quick. Yeah. I think so. With I mean the 10 speed, it's, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. Can I drink water on this show? <laughs> Will it make any like weird noises? I think you can do whatever you I want. I was telling, we were talking earlier. Is it earlier, on your agenda? Like Emma was, <laughs> Emma, right, Emma was supposed to be on the show, but she had to go, she had to leave early today. So she was supposed to be on, but when we did podcast number one, she says, well, dad, you know, was Emma or you? Said, you know, 
when you have to do that like cough thing i'm like <laughs> when you like, have to cough up a goober you know like <coughs> yeah. that kind of could, stuff can you give us <laughs> could you give us like the the deeper one like the <laughs> oh yes. boy yes. oh i wanted everyone to hear that just to experience she said that she said when you do that just like no kids he was like no you know you can just like hit the pause button or we can like edit that out yeah. So I don't know. So look at me and I'll mute your mic. But yeah. that's, we've got it on there now. <laughs> that's oh, too, yeah. that's too Welcome, everyone, to what I've heard working for John Hennessy directly for five yeah, years. For, yeah. <laughs> so if that's too gross, you can edit that out. But it might be, people might find it entertaining. No. We're being real. It's it authentic. stays in. We're recording. It's authentic. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Where were we? Hey, Rilo. Hello. Yeah, the baby <laughs> boys. What's your, what's your special connection with each other? I mean... Well, we've been brothers. we are we are brothers. <laughs> we are sons, so that's pretty special. And, and we also share a birthday. Really, one year apart. Yes. Wow. So some say Irish twins. Oh. November second. Send us gifts. Uh huh. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and who else's birthday is November the second? And we also share a birthday with our mother. That is crazy. So we have three birthdays. On the and same then birthday. we also. Just kidding. But. Uh, your birthday is the day before, so it's wow. It's Big J, me, Cole, and my mom, and then we also have two days before that on the thirtieth of October is our older sister Emma. Emma, she was engaged yeah. to Alex. Yeah, yes. all in the family. So we got we yeah. call that birthday or we call it birthday week. And what time of the year does that birthday week happen? <laughs> yeah, SEMA. During the SEMA show. That's right. Yeah. So we celebrate we celebrate all our birthdays at the SEMA show. So yeah, Vegas, yeah. baby. Yeah. So did you guys always do vacations around January, February? Or well, uh, do the math, and uh, we, we would have a good, we had a good Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah, <laughs> come on, somebody. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so so that's that was my mom's joke. She would like, you know, do I need to buy, do I need to buy John a plane ticket for Valentine's Day? Doesn't he need to go on a business trip somewhere? <laughs> yeah, that's what we had, like, you know, baby number four, baby number five. When's baby number six coming? Anyway, Great. We stopped at five. <laughs> All yeah. right, so on switching to, topics. Uh, yeah, switching <laughs> topics. The Goodwood. How was that, Big J? Did I talk about Goodwood on the last show? No. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, I'll give you, I'll give you my quick Goodwood, um, I don't know, download just so, so to speak. So we did good. We, we went to Goodwood in 2011 with the Venom GT, the bright yellow one. And the car ran up the hill. You get to, so if you're in the supercar run, which is sponsored by Michelin. Um, supercar or hypercar? Well, <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that. <laughs> so, um, so the event is now Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's four days. So you get to do a run in the morning and a run in the afternoon and all the cars and they kind of nose the tail and they run them one at a time. They run every 30 to 60 seconds. And so we brought a um, guy that's an amazing engineer and is our chief engineer for the Venom FI program, John Heinrichsey, who's a pro driver and many time SCC national champion. So he came over and drove the car, drove up the hill, gave rides to some customers and friends. And so I got to ride with him. So that was like, that's on my top 10 fun car stuff. Uh, riding with Hein Rocket up the hill at Goodwood. So that was kind of our baseline. Again, that was, that was seven years ago. That's 2011. So we go back this year. I had some meetings with some of our suppliers in the UK. And so we just had time to go to Goodwood for one day. Didn't have a car there. Um, but when we went down, it just kind of reminded me of. So Goodwood, you guys have been to Pebble Beach. You haven't been to Pebble Beach yet, have you, Alex? No. Okay, you're fixing to see it. So uh, Pebble Beach is all spread out. 
you've got all these amazing events, but they're all kind of like their own event and they don't overlap or they don't, their event's not coordinated with some of these other events. They just do their event. You go or not go. Goodwood is one property. It's one guy, Lord March. Um, and it's his property. It's his family. He's the Earl of March. And they have this amazing property in about two hours southwest of London, down by the ocean, just up, just further up the road where they build the – it's right. It's like a mile from the place where they build the Rolls-Royces, Rolls-Royce factory. It's pretty cool. And so he has this amazing event. He has a couple, three events on his property called the Festival of Speed. And it's basically everything that's awesome about Pebble Beach, the Quail, Pebble Beach, Laguna Seca, and it's all those great events in one location. So you go one place, park your car, pay your money, go into the event, and you've got old cars, you've got new cars, you've got supercars, you've got hypercars, you've got sports cars, you've got race cars. So um, you have the interesting people with all these cars. You have the manufacturers, huge manufacturer displays. It's like this whole city of like, Ford and 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 Audi and and uh, uh, y- you know Porsche and you know, all these different manufacturers have like their own like buildings that are like huge and it's all on this property and so it, it's a bucket list event where and then they also have they basically take Lord March's driveway which I don't know what the elevation changes but from the beginning to the end is maybe a mile and a half and it's kind of winding and there's hay bales on both sides and you do these time runs up the hill. So, the, you know, the, the supercar, hypercars, supercar run, but they have the race cars going, and then they have time classes. So you see all this stuff in one place. You get to see the cars going up the hill. So we got to do that with the Venom GT, and when I went there this last time around, I thought, okay, I want to bring the Venom F5 to Goodwood Festival Speed. So summer of summer of um, 2019 would be a, a cool, cool event. So anyway, so the, the, the cool cars that I saw there, excuse me, you can edit that out. That's gross. <laughs> can you edit this thing? I hope you can. Sorry, allergies. <laughs> <laughs> the Audi, the I'm not the Audi, the Volkswagen, the Volkswagen that that set the new record at Pikes Peak, that was there, and I think it was the fastest car on the time runs up the hill. That was really really cool to see that there. And it was like nobody was looking at it. It was like just in the pits with other race cars, and like nobody was around it. VW didn't even have like a special display around. I'm like, that's probably the most significant car at the show, at the event. So, a lot of other cool stuff, you know, in the hi- in the supercar, hypercar, um, paddock. Uh, you had, you know, Koenigseggs and Paganis, and the only the only significant supercar, hypercar that wasn't there is the Bugatti didn't have the Chiron there. They were there last year, I was told, but they weren't there this year. But I predict in 2019, Goodwood will be an amazing place to go because we plan to have the F5 there. I believe that AMG Mercedes will have Project One there running up the hill. So the Formula One powered, you know, AMG, this commemorate the 50th anniversary of AMG. I think there's a good chance Aston Martin has the Valkyrie there, maybe even the Valkyrie, the race car, the Pro, whatever they call it. Um, McLaren had the Senna this last time around. Next summer, I'm sure they'll have the Speedtail. The BP23 will be there. By the way, McLaren had we be, we become really great friends with the folks from McLaren. Um, I've always been a big we've been big admirers of their cars, um, but we've got a chance to know some of their people. Mike and Mia Fluitt, the CEO and his wife, and a lot of their their staff. They're just awesome people, and so we got well, they were very kind. Invited us to 
their hospitality suite, which was amazing and a lot of fun. And I actually got to I ran across Christian von Koenigsegg, and we're hanging out there and kind of chatting about cars, and Christian's always very cool. So Goodwood's a lot of fun. So if you're listening, um, you're thinking, okay, what event should I go to? Yep, you should go to Pebble Beach. And if you're in the U.S., that's, you know, it's a plane ticket to Monterey or Monterey, California or San Jose, and then ex- hotel rooms are expensive, but you can do it. Um, but I would definitely put Goodwood on that list because, again, you have this kind of this blend of old and new and fast and high-tech and low-tech and, and race cars, race car drivers. I could do I mean, I'm going to land this plane on Goodwood. We can do a whole show about Goodwood. Maybe we'll do it when we have Heinrich here. Because last time we were there, since we had a car competing, we got to go into the driver's lounge. And the driver's lounge is like, not only is it really swanky, good place to go cool off and get a drink and, and eat something, but like, oh, there's Lewis Hamilton. Oh, there's Sterling Mo- Moss. Oh, there's Danny Sullivan. Oh, there's Parnelli Jones. Um, we sat at the table with a guy named Vic Elford. Vic was a very famous, he raced Formula One, sports cars. He raced F1 at the, when the F1 was racing at the Nürburgring back in the 60s. Oh, that's cool. So we had l- we're sitting there at the lunch table, and, and, and Rock is like, that's Vic Elford. And we started asking questions. He told us all kinds of amazing stories, which I'll get into in another in another another time. But um, anyway, Goodwood is uh, something we're planning to go to next year. Maybe we'll bring the six by six or something really radical. You know, I mean, F five will be pretty crazy too. It'll sound and look ridiculous going up the hill. So, did I put you all to sleep yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you let me clear my throat again? Wake y'all up. Yeah. Don't you have a good story of the? Venom GT at Goodwood with the car that was yeah. close to it. Yeah, yeah. You want that? I'll I'll, I'll do that real quick. Let me just make sure. how much time we got left here. How long we've we been doing this? We'll wrap Anybody it up know? after this story. Okay. All right. I just want to just you know I think last time around we were forty five minutes and we're fifty one. All right. We'll land the plane. We'll we'll be done here. We'll make this an hour. Um, where were we? Oh, um, Goodwood Venom GT. Venom was GT. The car or something, right? Yeah. So th- so this is a great story. So Bugatti had the the Veyron Supersport in 2010. It had done the two-way average of 267, world's fastest car. And uh, the driver from Bugatti was walking around with this Bugatti jacket, and it's got world record 267 MPH. 257 or 267? 267. 267. 267, if I misspoke. Um, anyway, they had their special world record edition livery, uh, special paint scheme. And so we had the Venom GT there. We hadn't set any records for the Venom GT at that point, but we felt like that was on our, we were on a mission to do that. So kind of the Bugatti guys gave us a lot of good motivation to go out and go fast, try to beat the record, which we did in 2014. Anyway, so, um, you know, I'm there. We've got, we've got our driver, John Heinrichsy. We had a guy, um, Bill Caswell. He's just a crazy guy. He's a rally driver and, I think at that time he was doing some media stuff. He was riding for Jalopnik or somebody. And so he w- we gave him a ride in the car. So he rode passenger seat. He's in there with Heinrich. So I threw a GoPro inside the car, one inside the car. And so we're all like in the paddock. And I told Heinrich, well, I, so like the run before, we had some sort of a GTR that was in front of us. And I was with Heinrich and we caught the GTR. And this thing started like 30 seconds ahead of us and we caught it, like, like halfway down the course. So if you catch the car, you have to slow down. You can't. Go, there's the, the Lord marches the, the the hill climb is his driveway, so it's like barely wide enough for a car. There's not room to go around it unless you're you know, kin block and you're just gonna go through the dirt or something, right? So, so I thought this time around, I, w- I want us to be behind a, f- a fast car, 
because I don't want have to. I don't want him catching somebody. I want us to be able to go balls out all the way up the hill, finish line. And so I thought, oh, okay, let's get behind the Bugatti. So their marshals are blowing their whistles and doing whatever they do to tell everybody it's time to go get in line to go do the supercar run. And so Hein Rocket jumps in the car and. Uh, and I was able to kind of get a stage right behind the Bugatti. I don't think the Bugatti guys knew it. And so we go down to the starting line. We meet up with Caswell. He gets in the car, and I had a couple of GoPros in my backpack or whatever and you know, put one in the inside the car to get his reaction, which is great video. I think the video's got like, I don't know, 1.5 million views. And you can see like Caswell's eyes get like real big when like Hydrasy's going through some, you know, fourth gear turn at 130 miles an hour under the bridge or whatever he's doing. Anyway, so we were kind of in line, and I go stick the GoPro in the nose of the, of the Venom GT, like right as the Bugatti is like pulling up to the starting line. And we're there, and I'm like watching, and, and you can watch the video. Again, it's YouTube. We can put the link in the podcast or whatever. It's on our, or on the video or whatever. But so all of a sudden, you, like, you see the, the marshal, the guy that's with the green flag, um, the Bugatti driver is like talking to him. So this is like a pro driver. This is a guy, this is the same driver that went 267 in the car. He's telling the marshal, oh, we don't want, we we want the Venom to go ahead. We don't want the Venom behind us. I'm like, really? You guys think, you guys are worried that we're going to catch it going up the hill? Which, I don't know, we, maybe we might have. The car was pretty fast. And uh, and so you see all that in the video. So the Bugatti backs up, moves over on the line. <laughs> and Casel's like, man, they were laughing. They're like, oh, man, this will make an even better story. <laughs> and so they ran up the hill. But, yeah, so the, the Bugatti guys pushed out on that particular deal. And, look, I love the Bugatti guys. They're great guys. I'm not talking <laughs> any smack about them. But on that particular day, I guess there's probably a PR. It wasn't, I guarantee it wasn't the driver. Raffanel, I think, is the guy's name. It wasn't the driver. It was some PR person. Oh, we don't want we don't want that little Hennessy, those Texas, those guys in that shed down there <laughs> in Texas, you know, having <laughs> some video on the Internet chasing us down <laughs> in Goodwood. So that's, yeah. There's the story. Great story. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, you can watch the video and see it for yourself. So we'll see what the F5 is going to get lined up behind. Yeah. Or they'll, be, they'll, they'll all be probably lining up behind us. <laughs> I like being the underdog, but I think that we'll get somebody that will want to line up behind us. Maybe bring it on. Come on. Yeah. Well, all right, guys. That's about all the time we have. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, check us out, HennessyPerformance.com for more info and to purchase any merchandise. Make sure you use the Hennessy Podcast 10 discount code for 10% off your entire order. Thanks for tuning in wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time.